calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, we're qualified lessees get a low mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for $389 a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, a lease request, or capital. Extra charge for miles over 20000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the geek buddies we're back at it on a friday of the first week in march and we're excited to be jumping into so many things going on in the world of geekery we got some spider woman news we've got some star trek news we've got some wolverine deadpool 3 news but and our main topic is gonna be Talking all kinds of trailers and getting into it, but let's introduce ourselves Sh- first. I am Shannon made it. Them. Shannon made it big time. Shannon made it to the main topic. <laughs> Shannon is the star Shannon's here. just gonna drive that main topic all the way to the bank, baby. <laughs> so good. And uh, um, but let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of our current work on Netflix and YouTube right now with Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City, seasons one and two. That's right. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And of course, we are powered and sponsored by Carbon Health. Uh, Head over to CarbonHealth.com for all your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs, or download the app 
to have a doc in your pocket. They've been focusing on mental health issues more and more. So go and uh, take advantage of those programs there. If you're going through some tough times, they are always willing to help you all out. And full disclosure, and I uh, recently spoke with a rep from Carbon Health. Unfortunately, they are ending their sponsorship of Geek Buddies here at the end of March. So, uh, you know, we still love and appreciate them for sponsoring us for well over a year. What an incredible partnership we had with them. They're fantastic people. Don't let that uh, uh, stop you from reaching out to them and getting uh, and download the app to have a doc in your pocket for any of those healthcare questions, concerns, and needs on the road. So just, just enjoy their sponsorship of our show for the next month, and then we'll see where we're off to after that. So big, big thanks to Carbon Health for all they've done for us here on the Geek Buddies. All right, the way the show works is each of us brings up a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves, take a break, and get into our main topic. And as I mentioned earlier, our main topic is like 47 trailers. We're just going to break it all down through Shannon McClung. It is his nirvana for sure. But let's start off with the first topic. I'll take it. It's um, something we broke on the hot mic yesterday, which is another show for those of you who may not know here on the Outlaw Nation. Me and Jeff Snyder host the show. Jeff likes to drop scoops every once in a while on the show. And Yesterday, he dropped and confirmed this scoop that some people had rumored but hadn't been fully confirmed that Sydney Sweeney herself is playing Spider-Woman in the Madam Web film. So she's going to be introduced as Spider-Woman. You know, Olivia Wilde is supposed to, uh, was last we heard, was supposed to be directing that movie. So no word yet on whether she is going to be doing that after the whole Don't Worry Darling fiasco. At least Sydney Sweeney, according to Jeff Snyder, is more more right uh, than he is wrong with these scoops. She is going to be playing um, Spider Woman, and specifically Julia Carpenter is what I've heard. I don't know if other possibilities are out there for her to play. So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts when you hear this news? Do you like the casting? Do you think she's the right choice? And um, what do you think this is going to happen under Olivia Wilde's direction? What do you guys think? Well, uh, you know, I think Sydney Sweeney is a is a delightful, delightful performer. I really yeah. liked her in the first season of White Lotus. Uh, in terms of my interest level for <laughs> this movie or uh, Sony's, uh, 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 so what is it? The Sony Picture Universe of Marvel Characters. I think that was their old acronym. Uh, my interest in that franchise as a whole is very, very low. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that Sydney Sweeney is going to be playing one of the one of the Spider Women, whether it's it, it is. Uh, uh, not Jessica Drew, but uh, Julia Carpenter. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's the type of thing that if I were to see a trailer for Madam Web and it looks great, I'd be like, hey, awesome, fantastic. But just the news itself, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, thus far, the their track record, um, for me, they're, they're kind of batting over three right now. I mean, I didn't enjoy either of those Venom movies. I didn't enjoy Morbius. I sure enjoyed the uh, the campaign to get it back in theaters and then watching the results afterwards. Not out of like, yeah, screw you, Morbius. It's just kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, you guys really vastly misunderstood the, the humor behind what people were tech or uh, were uh, behind what people were tweeting about and the same goes with the craven movie i mean you know i, I think aaron taylor johnson's fantastic i don't know why he would want to do it um but again a, a trailer could come out could be fantastic but as of right now yes my interest level in the project is very low and um sydney sweeney's not really moving the needle much for me okay what about the olivia wilde situation I mean, I, I don't think that movie's gonna happen. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's at this not gonna point, happen or she's not gonna direct it. Do you mean it's not gonna happen? I I, th- I don't. I think the I think that movie is probably not going to happen. Okay. I think introducing you're introducing a character that the public by and large doesn't really know, like yeah. 
book fans do, but you're going to introduce the character in one movie unless uh, Olivia Wilde, unless, you know, Madam Web is a huge success and her Olivia Wilde Spider-Woman is essentially a spinoff. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, like if you're going to do a Spider-Woman movie, it's, it's going to be Jessica Drew. Um, so that that's that's kind of why I think that movie's probably not going to happen in its in its current iteration with Olivia Wilde at the helm. Yeah, we'll be we will be getting Jessica Drew, Mike, uh, with Issa Rae voicing her in Across the Spider Verse. So, what are your thoughts when you hear this news? Do you think she might be being lined up as the Spider Man surrogate now? Because they still don't have a Spider Man in this Sony universe here. Do you think she might be filling the slot? And do you think this is going to happen? Do you like the casting? <laughs> Here, here's 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 what i think here's what i think I, we've all been to comic-con right oh boy this is good we've been yep. we've been to comic-con i've been to gay pride i've been to like big events where where people have parties and there are parties that you have to be on the list to get into sure i remember those days. and so if you're on the list you get to go in and have a really great party what sony is doing right now feels like they're on the sidewalk outside of the party trying to pretend that they're having as much fun as everybody inside the party. <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God. Inside the party, we got the MCU. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's maybe, you know, maybe the party's been going on a little long and maybe it's time to take a break. But, like, it's going good. It's a good party inside at the MCU. But everything happening out on the sidewalk with what Sony's doing they can try and dress it up as much as they want, but nobody's having fun on that sidewalk. Like, it's not a good party. Yeah. And I think, like, they just need to admit that it's not a good party. Like, you can put as many characters with as many spider powers as you want, but if you don't have Spider-Man, it's not really revolving around it. Like, you have to work overtime to explain why Venom looks like Spider-Man or 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 don't explain it or why this is happening or why that is happening. You know, like there's just there's no there there. And if they much like what DC is trying to do with James Gunn, um, if they want to come in and say this is Andrew Garfield's universe and he's the Spider-Man and this is the big story we're telling. But right now it doesn't seem like there's a story there. It just seems like they are spinning their wheels trying to like make money. And I think you know, when a lot of people complain, I had lunch with a friend yesterday, and he was telling me that he's feeling very he, – he's a lifelong Marvel fan. He's a lifelong Star Wars fan, but he's just feeling exhausted by everything right now. And I think that the problem with what Sony is doing is that there are really great stories out there to be told. And when Marvel's firing on all cylinders and when Star Wars is firing all cylinders and hopefully when DC starts firing on all cylinders, we can all be really excited. But when you have a bunch of things going on where you're like, do these stories really even need to be told? That adds to the exhaustion. Mm. And so whenever there is literally any news about any Spider movie that Sony is doing that's not an animated Spider-Verse movie or tied to the MCU, I'm just tired. <laughs> okay. That's that's how I feel. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I obviously I reacted to it, as Jeff told me, uh, in real time yesterday on the show. But my overall thoughts as I pull away, I think Sydney Sweeney is a good actress. Uh, do yeah. I think she's going to put butts in seats? I don't know, to be honest with you. I compared her a little bit to Amanda Seyfried, where people kind of wrote her off because she's attractive and beautiful, and people are certainly interested in her in a certain way. Um, but, you know, she has real chops, just like Amanda showed us in The Dropout. She's real, and Mank, she's real chops. And I, I like that with Sydney Sweeney. 
the thing is, I'm not really high on the Madam Web, and I'm not that high on Dakota Johnson. So I'm not really excited that Madam Web is going to be this incredible film that's groundbreaking and really washes the taste of Venom and Morbius out of my mouth. Although Morbius was a turn-off-your-brain stupid okay time i don't say good but okay time whereas the venom the venom wow that's high high praise there should be an oscar category for that (laughs) (laughs) turn off your brain turn on your morb (laughs) Uh, it's high praise but yeah the the situation with with venom is i feel those films personally offend me like that's the difference because i love that character so much that it personally offends me. So I didn't mind the movies is that great. Now you go, Madam Web. That's so such a deep cut. Unless you're a huge comic book nerd, it's such a deep cut. What are you going to do with it? And launching Spider Woman, great. I mean, Sydney Sweeney, great. I like her again. But is that going to turn the needle? And do you is she going to show us some incredible form? It's kind of like what Tom Holland did in the MCU when he showed up as Spider Man in that in Civil War. He like is that enough to get us excited to see that there could be more here? That could be her replacing Spider-Man in essence until they figure this whole thing out. Because Jeff also reported a couple of weeks ago that uh, essentially Tom has signed back up for three more, three plus more movies in the MCU as Spider-Man, which Amy Pascal kind of teased in the Spider-Man No Way Home press junket. So now that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. But now there's still no Spider-Man, though. Even though there's rumblings about Garfield, there's rumblings about Tobey Maguire. I don't know how they're going to go about this, but if you're launching her to be Spider-Man in your universe as Spider-Woman, then I'm slightly interested to see if you can make it work. Um, I will stand and watch the street performer at the party for just a, for a little bit, but once he bores me, I'm leaving. So <laughs> I will. Johnny, st- you guys Johnny's, go ahead. You guys Johnny's go ahead. standing on that side. Well, now here's what I will <laughs> say. You guys like- go ahead to the end of the Spider-Verse party. I'll be right there. So I can see. <laughs> What this person can do on the street. <laughs> I will say for everything that I just said, I do think because it like I think that like Hollywood needs to listen to that Jeff Jeff Goldblum line from Jurassic Park. Sometimes like you spend <laughs> so much time thinking about whether or not you could do something that you didn't think about if you should. Right. And I think when you're trying to like launch these big franchises and you're okay, well, what characters do we have in our library? Who do we have? Who do we not have? What should we do? That like you need to take that step back. Now, for all that being said, yeah, if somebody a Lord and Miller, a Taika Waititi, a, uh, you know, a Deborah Chow, a Bryce Dallas Howard. If somebody came in and said, hey, we've got this Spider-Verse. You've got Into the Spider-Verse 2 coming out. Yeah. Why don't we have one of these characters in the animated thing? And the post-credit thing is they come out of whatever that adventure is. And it's the live-action person that we're casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Madam Web is going to talk about how there's all these other spiders in this other universes. But this is our – like, if there's a way that you can contextualize everything and make me believe yeah. that you have a plan and you have a bigger story to tell, like, it doesn't – I, I think that the lack of a Spider-Man is only a problem because they've just never bothered to solve it. Yeah, yeah. And Glare. the solving of it doesn't always mean you have to have a white, cisgender, straight Spider-Man right. or even a Miles Morales. Like, you could have an entire franchise around a female Spider-Man if you wanted to go that route. Mm-hmm. But with all of the news that they come out with... They've never once done like what James Gunn did when he did his DC announcement, which is make me believe whether or not they've got it all figured out. I believe that they've got a plan. And in the world of all the franchises that we're dealing with right now, if you can make the fans believe you have a plan, you that's that's half the battle. And they just have not done that yet.
It, bu- it buys you time for sure. And we'll see what happens to Olivia Wilde. I mean, I, I still think, don't worry, darling, she directed that film well. Whether the film hit all the emotional targets it was aiming for, maybe not. But I, she has a strong voice. She has a strong um, point of view. And I think if they're going to do it, let the let it die down a little bit, then let her see what she can do. But if not, then, you know, as Michael pointed out, there are a number of female creators and creators, period, that you could bring in to maybe create a really good Spider-Woman movie. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll jump into our next topic uh, right after this. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. It's adding an extra syllable for woman. 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 Uh, uh, Michael, please take it away. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> okay. It's a good time. It's a good time to be a Star Trek fan. I'm going to start saying that, but I'm going to say it with a little bit of uncertainty because it kind of does feel like it's a good time to be a Star Trek fan. Johnny and I have been doing our Picard Season 3 reviews. It's delightful. It's making me just love all things Trek. Um, And it's kind of giving us a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling for our Next Generation cast. But... Unfortunately, if you are a fan of all the Paramount Plus shows, um, we are getting ready to say goodbye to Star Trek Discovery, which uh, announced that their fifth season is going to be their final season. Um, And so Star Trek Discovery, you know, it's not everybody's Star Trek cup of tea, but it does deserve a lot of credit because this was the first show that helped launch all the Star Trek shows on Paramount Plus. I mean, this was the show that drove a lot of people to Paramount Plus. And when there were no Star Trek shows happening on TV, Discovery was the first. Um, So without Discovery, we might not have Strange New Worlds right now. Um, Picard probably would have still happened, but it didn't have its companion piece. Lower Decks, Star Trek Prodigy. So Discovery was the first in this new era of shows. So even if you feel like it's been a little bit uneven, or if you're a hardcore Discovery fan that's sad to see it go, we are going to be saying goodbye to it. Um, While we're still going to be excited about Strange New World Season 2 and all the other upcoming stuff that's happening in the world of Star Trek. So little bit of sad, bittersweet Star Trek Discovery news. And speaking of bitter, uh, Chris Pine was wow. interviewed um, as he's been talking about Dungeons & Dragons and hyping it up. And he's been uh, asked about the upcoming, maybe it's happening, maybe it's not happening, Star Trek Four movie in the J.J. Abrams universe of Star Trek. And uh, Chris Pine just feels uh, like he's a little frustrated. Um, he says he doesn't really know anything about a Star Trek four at this point in time. Um, he says in the land of Star Trek, the actors are usually the last to find out anything. He says he knows some costume designers that have read scripts before any of the actors have. Um, he said, he said, I would say it's frustrating. It doesn't really foster a great sense of partnership, but it's how it's always been. I love these characters. I love these people. I love this franchise, but to try and change the system to which things are created, I just can't do it. I don't have the energy. Um, and when it comes to the fact that one of the reasons that Star Trek Four is probably uh, taking a while to get off the ground is because of the poor performance of Star Trek Beyond, the third Star Trek movie, 
He says he doesn't think that Star Trek was ever built to do Marvel business. He always thought, why aren't we just appealing to this really rabid fan group and making the movie for a good price and going on our merry way instead of trying to compete with the Marvels of the world? So basically, he ended his interview saying he feels like the Star Trek franchise is cursed. <laughs> so Chris Pine has some feelings, guys. And I will say, I appreciate it. Like sometimes when you read a review, uh, or an interview when people are doing all of their uh, press junkets for whatever movie they have coming out, and you get the answer that sounds like a soundbite, or you get the answer that's like, well, I mean, we've said this all the time. Whenever anybody says, oh, yes, that script that's been rumored for 18 years, we're really excited. We're waiting for another draft. Like, there's a lot of things that people say when they're being interviewed for junkets that you're like, okay, that doesn't mean anything. Chris Pine. <laughs> Maybe, maybe after Don't Worry Darling, he's just like, I don't care anymore about anything. Like, after I lived through that, nothing matters. But he's, he's laying out his Star Trek feelings pretty bare. So how do you guys feel about not just what Chris Pine is saying and not just Discovery is ending, but of all the franchises that we talk about, we're all on a high this week after a really good Bad Batch episode and Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. Um, we're all kind of maybe a little bit nervous about where the MCU is right now, given the poor performance of Mania and some of the Phase 4 yeah. movies. DC, I think we're all hopeful. But if you're a Star Trek fan, how should you feel right now? It's a good question. Oh, go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. No, no, no. Go for it. You're the, you're, you're, you're the actual Star Trek fan. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I you know, I love Star Trek. Love it to pieces. And so um, a Discovery has always been a mixed bag for me as we as Vogel and I have gone back and forth on this show about. And um, to hear that it's ending, though, it is a little bittersweet. It is a little sad. I think, you know, Sinequa Martin-Green being a female black lead in Star Trek, that's a rarity. And so that has to be applauded and given credit and I think she's done a really good job leading that show. Whether the show itself has always gotten there, may, maybe not 100%, but I also think there was so much pressure on that show. There's so much expectation on this show. That show has been a, become a touchstone for criticism that, you know, at some point it's a lot of weight to carry. And she came off of Walking Dead, to another franchise, to jump right into another one. So maybe she wants a break as well. Maybe this is good for her. I know Doug Jones will be fine. Everybody wants to work with Doug Jones. Uh, and uh, maybe Sonequa and Anthony Rapp and all that, you know, they'll, they'll find their way. But Sonequa, I'm certainly now proving that she can be part of two franchises. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what her next step is going to be. Maybe she just kind of goes to do some independent films for a few years, just to kind of relax a little bit from all the pressure. Or maybe we might see her down the road in DC or in Marvel uh, or in Star Wars is a very real possibility as well. She can do it. So I would not be surprised in the least. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But um, overall, I think five seasons is great. Lasted longer than the original series. So give it love for having powered through and lasted as long as it did. I know it's not the same number of episodes. But still, I, I want to give them love. Because Michael is right. Without Discovery, we don't have these other shows. Discovery broke through that wall broke through that barrier to show that it could come back star trek could come back there was a taste for it and there are people who defend that show that will die on that hill they'll die on the star trek discovery hill so respect to those people who have kept the fire burning for so long but for them for this show i thank this show for giving us strange new worlds for prodigy and uh, what we're getting now in season three of picard so I'm, I'm i'm happy for it now for chris pine's comments this is very interesting because I don't know if it is the don't worry, darling jugs. Like once someone spits on your sunglasses, everything's off the table. You know? <laughs> but like, I, I feel like he just, I, I like this about Chris. Chris is matter of fact. Chris is, you know, he just tells the truth. He's down to earth. He comes off as a nice guy, 
So you can read the exhaustion in these comments. You yes. can read the exasperation because they've probably been jerking him around left and right about this kind of thing. And him admitting, like, we don't even get the scripts until everything's been uh, signed. And remember, he was shocked that J.J. Abrams had made an announcement that there was a fourth film coming. He's like, nobody talked to me. So it's that kind of it, it, what it does for an actor. And, I, and you know, I never, I never achieved what they have, but like certainly speaking and watching actors in interviews. It's incredible how much producers, creators, directors, some of them, not all, treat actors like the last piece of the puzzle. It is so frustrating when you see that happen, especially when you've taken over an iconic character like Kirk and brought it back to life in a way that a lot of people never thought was possible. To still be treated as an afterthought certainly must feel incredibly insulting because you care about the project. You care about the character so much to have the studio just kind of get around you it is frustrating. So I think Chris took this opportunity to take some shots, uh, how can I say, it? achieve a little bit of leverage here and let Paramount know what the situation is uh, and say, like, look, they treat us like this. So I'm in. I'm still in. I'm still excited for it. But I don't know if it's going to happen ever. So I like that he kind of stood his ground and and spoke his mind. Um, what do you think there, uh, Shane? Well, and also the, you know, when they made that sort of surprise Star Trek four announcement and, and uh, Chris Pine did come out and was just kind of like, eh, news to me. Yeah, they um, it. Quinto, that's a deliberate Atlanta, statement. That's a deliberate statement. Like that, you know, normal, like he's not towing the company line there to be like, oh, I can't wait to get back into it. <laughs> like, like telling, you know, pub uh, publicly announcing that this is su a surprise to you. That's a very deliberate move. And, yeah. you know, you're you're tied to this. You've been tied to this character for almost 15 years now. You you had one fantastic movie, True. which is the reason they think they can make that Marvel money. Because, I mean, this is, you know, 2009. Yeah. That's pre the big billion dollar movie. Um, but it did really well. And, and it got people like me who were not Star Trek fans into the franchise. Granted, that interest ran out real fast when Into Darkness came out. Um, even though like I knew like, okay, you know, you had Benicio del Toro in an unnamed role. Then he yeah. dropped, it's like, okay, so he's conned. Uh, and then he dropped out and you replaced him with Benedict Cumberbatch. I was like, okay, so you got a pasty British white yeah. guy <laughs> playing a role that was uh, portrayed by a, a Latino actor back in the day who's actually Indian, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of this big, you know, this big circle. And then, um, watching how beyond came out like i think they they saw an opportunity to be like you know what let's just make a fun star trek a fun star trek adventure and it came off feeling a little more like an episode of television yeah. and that's not that you know that's not an insult but i think when you have established something with your first two movies this big epic world and your next one feels a little small it's sort of in narratively a little unsatisfying it's kind of like ah okay well yeah i i don't know if i want to see any more of this so the fact that it was able to sort of reignite something, that's a good thing. Because I think, you know, those movies don't happen. Does Star Trek Discovery happen? Who knows? Like Star Trek is one of those sort of evergreen brands that they're going to keep, they're going to keep, keep taking swings yeah. because it, it does have such a long history. There is such a, there is such a big fan base for it, but I, you know, you can see where he is sort of a little creatively out of wind right now. Yeah. And, you know, 
is a fourth entry into this series a good idea? I don't know. I mean, he did bring up in that interview the uh, the passing of Anton Yelchin, yeah, yeah. and it's like maybe maybe this maybe this is a little cursed. Maybe we just need to you know let the sun set on this and, and, and give another swing. Now to the television side, it's interesting because all everything on Paramount Plus that is Star Trek related, I've seen at least an episode of with the exception of Discovery. Mm. Um, and when I tried to watch the op- the first episode of Strange New Worlds, I was like, okay, there's clearly some stuff that I'm missing here that's connected that's connected to Discovery. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys. I mean, does, does the show feel five seasons in? Does it feel sort of creatively out of steam? Do you think it's a, do you think it's a smart choice to end it? What's about to go into season five, so four seasons in. But yeah, Mikey, you, I think you can chime in on this. Better yeah, look, I, I love it. I mean, I, I'm a big Discovery fan. I love the characters. I love what they've done. You know, it was a little bit maligned. It, it, it Its first couple seasons kind of su- – I wouldn't say suffered because I actually liked the first couple seasons. Like, I know, like, Johnny doesn't like season one. As I soon know. as they went to the Mirror Universe, I was like, I am so fucking in on this <laughs> show. Um Michelle Yeoh was great. Like there's just, there's a lot of real highlights, but they kind of just ran into this problem right off the bat that the show came out and where it was placed in the Star Trek timeline, that ship had no business existing. Mm -hmm. So season two into season three was a lot of retconning to get it out of the Star Trek timeline and hurl it way off into the future so that we didn't have these re- these problems anymore. Now, once they did that, they still told some really compelling stories, created some really interesting characters. The entire concept that the Federation had fallen apart and that Burnham and the Discovery crew were kind of helping to rebuild the Federation, there was a lot of juice there. But even with last season, it just feels like the gears aren't quite turning. Like they come up with a giant threat, they go through the season, and it's good, like nothing is bad, but it doesn't get you just like fucking pumped. And I would say that like, I kind of was getting to the point, particularly because I was enjoying Strange New World so much that I was like, maybe Star Trek is better as just these really just episode of the week, explore a sci-fi idea, some loose arcs with the characters. But then Picard season three is coming out and I'm like, nope, you're firing on all cylinders, giving me a big epic story. So I think that maybe Discovery is great and I'm glad that it's getting its five season run, but I'm ready for it to kind of do its thing and see what's next. Um, as far as what Pine is talking about, like this is where I, I, this is where I would be upset if I was Chris Pine, and I think this is kind of the subtext of what he's saying, and it's exactly what we're talking about, which is Star Trek's kind of killing it on TV. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're sitting here going, "Oh, Discovery's ending after five seasons, but Picard season three is really good. Can't wait for Strange New Worlds season two. Lower Decks is a lot of fun. I'm telling everybody you should check out Star Trek Prodigy because it's mm. great, and it just seems like there's a lot of juice that. There's a lot of energy in those warp cores, guys. Like it's it's still it's still going strong. And with all that juice going on, yeah. the movie franchise, which should be the the crown jewel of all of it, isn't really doing it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's what's frustrating is I think JJ Abrams is a great director. Like I think JJ Abrams is great. And every time I take a really good photo with a nice lens flare, I think of JJ Abrams fondly. <laughs> but I don't know that he's the guy that like builds out a universe and Alex Kurtzman over on the TV side, right. is like, they're just like, they're spinning stories out of stories, out of stories. 
and they're doing a really nice job of doing different kinds of stories. Yeah. And with that, with, with the Star Trek franchise, beyond the fact that the first movie made a lot of money, the promise of here is a kind of fresh universe where we have a young cast and we can retell all the greatest Star Trek stories in new and different ways. Yeah. I think there's so much promise there that is just untapped. So I think for Paramount and for Chris Pine, for, for Chris Pine, it's really frustrating because this isn't a, this is clearly not a franchise that is running out of steam, but it's a franchise that nobody seems to know what to do with in the features. Mm-hmm. It's yet another franchise that has TV killing it or getting a yeah. lot of attention, but you know not, has not done uh, movies or has not left people with a desire for more movies. Star Wars is having that issue after Rise of Skywalker. Marvel now, <laughs> you might argue, may be entering into this uh, area here with people's reaction to Quantumania, even though the three of us mostly liked it. I think the, the reaction, uh, looking at that box office, is maybe putting Marvel in that uh, boat as well. So we'll see. We'll see. The the amount of people, I mean, just a quick yeah. quick sidetrack, <laughs> the amount of people that I see, you know, IRL, uh, who are like, seriously, you like Quantum Mania? <laughs> it's like, I had fun. Yeah, I Again, on, on the heels of, of yeah. a, a few, you know, kind of entries, I had fun. And like, I actually went and well, saw it again the other day because I had time to kill. And I was like, oh my again, God. I- you and your you and your time to kill movie watching. I swear to God. I live in Canada, Mike. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want to sit in that traffic to cross the northern border to get back uh, down to the States. Point. Having done that traffic before, and that, oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying 100%. <laughs> but, like, watching, watching Quantumania, I will say, like, everyone's issue that they have, yeah. issues, I'm like, I get it, 100%. They're, they're not big enough for me not to enjoy myself at the right. Well, I've had a conversation with some friends as well, and I think not not that I guess this is our mini topic for the day, but yes. uh, <laughs> but I just because I do think it's worth because like I think that it really just depends on what bugs you more because multiverse of Matt, I'll just take Thor Love and Thunder out of it because we're I don't want to talk for three hours. I'll talk for two hours, but like multiverse of madness is Sam Raimi's a perfectly good director. Some would say a great director. And the movie is well made, Mm. but the choices around Wanda and the choices around the Illuminati and a lot of the choices from like what these characters are supposed to be like leading up to it uh, really rubbed a lot of people wrong. Quantumania, as we talked about in our review, the choices they made aren't necessarily bad, but they're not particularly well executed either. So it's like, what bugs you more in the big Marvel universe? Something that feels like it's going in the wrong direction for where the rest of the stories are going, like multiverse, or something that's going in the right direction, but doing it pretty lamely. And I think for me, after Multiverse and Thor, Quantumania going in the right direction, even if it wasn't the best movie, I was like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But other people are like, look, Multiverse is a mess, but it was fun. Or, you know, like, like there's just, it really depends on where your, uh, what, what ticks you off the most out of a movie. I think that's what's crazy is everyone's got their, uh, there's our people who defend Thor, Love and Thunder very strongly as well. So, you're getting those kinds of, um, how can I say this, against the grain type of defenders. So it kind of is a weird moment right now. Even Wakanda Forever wasn't universally beloved. It was the most beloved of all the films that have come out here over the last four of them that have come out. But it still had its detractors and conversations yeah. about overstuffing it and 
you know, issues with the Valentina storyline and it, was Letitia the right person to lead this film? So there were questions all over the place. So it's, it's not done. And, and Loveness coming out with that interview saying like he was shocked by the reactions and he had a really down time. You know, you can understand that, of course. I mean, he's making a sure. jump from Rick and Morty to take on a franchise film in a big Marvel situation. Um, but I bet there's a lot of uh, conversations happening now because, I mean, this is oh, consistent yeah. now. Four straight movies where the reaction hasn't been a universal, well, this is the greatest thing ever like they got. I mean, I was watching about an hour of Endgame the other day. And I was like, man, I don't know if we're ever going to get this magic no. in this film. It really made me sad. Like, and, and I, I didn't know, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because the actors are different. They're older. They were different. They were seasoned. Some of them were experienced. So we had things to hold on to or the writing or the directing or just it, the subject matter. It just put me in a, in a weird place. So yeah. yeah Russo brothers, Marcus McFeely. Yep. 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 Like, 100%. and not just that they and did the end game. Not, I mean, look, all the actors are great, but I think all the actors in the MCU right now are great too. Like, it literally is that the that Captain America: Winter Soldier, Captain America: Civil War, Infinity War: Endgame are the spine yeah. of the Infinity Saga, and I don't know that we have one creative team right now that is the spine of the multiverse saga. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And they've also got to find the passive aggressive selfish leader like Captain America to uh, to lead this thing. So in the new phase. So yeah. I am confused. Don't get me started. Oh, let's not let's not do this. First <laughs> Superman last week, Captain America this week. Uh, <laughs> I like John drops a hand grenade, says, Don't you drop yours. Next topic. <laughs> Don't you jump on that, Steve. Don't you jump on that, Steve. <laughs> It's a dummy anyway. grenade. <laughs> anyway. Worst let's line of ADR on. in that movie. Now that we've spent 40 minutes on this, well, let's move on to our next thing here. And, uh, we'll uh, be right back uh, after this. Great theme. That's a good mm. theme. Uh, Shannon McClung, uh, what's going on in the world of Wolverine? Well, Hugh Jackman, as he was out uh, promoting The Sun, he <laughs> Still, <laughs> the Oscar seven months ago. Anyways, the Oscar ahead. nominations have come and gone, but he's still he's still banging the drum for it. Yeah. He had an interview with a French outlet called uh, La Parisian, where he uh, Deadpool three got brought up, <laughs> and they had asked him if he was going to be in De Deadpool three, and he said not only did he confirm his return, he said yes, it will even be a double role. Now. This this sends people into a tizzy because <laughs> it's like he's playing he's playing two characters and you know the 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 field is kind of op wide open to uh, 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 interpret <laughs> what this actually means because Deadpool is right smack in between uh, Fantastic Four and Thunderbolts I think yeah. uh, but right smack in the middle of the multiversal saga like people are talking about like obviously there's going to be a multiverse angle to this movie. That's how you're going to incorporate Deadpool into the main MCU. Um, does this mean he's going to play two versions of Wolverine? Is he going to play a separate character? My guess, he's probably going to play Hugh Jackman. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my guess right now. But gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. Hugh Jackman, Deadpool 3, playing a double role, whatever that means. Thoughts, feelings, opinions, go for it. Snicked. <laughs> You can't. You can never have too much Hugh Jackman, in my opinion. So, 
dual roll actually kind of made me sad. Let's have four or five, five rolls, as I just showed on the graphic here. Give me four Hugh Jackmans to one Ryan Reynolds any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I love the idea that he could be playing Hugh Jackman. I mean, it's going to be interesting how they do this. And, of course, it's Ryan Reynolds sending up the multiverse situation, which with Marvel struggling with it, I don't know if maybe they might be having second thoughts about having one of their own characters point out all their shortcomings. See, it's fun when they make fun of you when you're successful and you're doing great stuff because you know what? The money's still coming in. But if people are having issues with your stuff and then you've got someone within the company criticizing the company, it may not go down as well as you think uh, now going into the situation. So we'll see. But I like the idea of what it could play. We can see multiple Wolverines, what the 1950s Wolverine or 19, whatever the 60s, 70s Wolverines. We can see all the different Wolverines that have shown up in the different iterations of the X-Men universe could be a lot of fun as well. Uh, But yes, Hugh Jackman showing up uh, as himself, I think would be very funny and, why not? Those guys have natural chemistry in a number of those promotional materials. So I like the idea of what it opens up seriously, but I also like the idea of what it opens up comedically. What do you think, Mike? I was already excited about a Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds sandwich. You throw another Hugh Jackman in there and I'm on board. Like just pile oh, them on. He's the bread. Pile them on. Pile them on as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, this is This is a Deadpool movie. None is of it? it is serious. <laughs> yeah. The, the people getting all amped up about who he's going to play and what it means for the bigger MCU. Deadpool probably means very little to the bigger MCU. <laughs> Deadpool's going to Deadpool, and that's what Deadpool should do. My vote, I want him coming out singing and dancing like he's in Greatest Showman, oh and I God. want Wolverine to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, like it's going to be something so stupid. B- given how excited everybody is right now, I want his other role to literally be him wearing like a fake mustache and a monocle doing a funny accent. And that's his other role. Like I like, it's just, it's Deadpool guys. This doesn't. <laughs> like I, just, I, love a, I love a monocle. I love a monocle. No. So like, I mean it, that's great. This is one of those little tidbits. Like it's like Shannon said, it's one of those tidbits of information that just like, it's like, it's like lighting a match on gasoline as far as social media is concerned. Oh, it's two rolls. It's all the Wolverines. And then every geek outlet does a list of the top 10 Wolverines that they want Hugh Jackman to be playing in the fit. Like, it's like, uh, guys, it's not that. It's it's going to be like, it's going to be ridiculous and probably really funny. Um, but just everybody take a breath. Will we and get put on prestige? your monocles. <laughs> put on your monocles. Michael, will we get a prestige moment where we go down underneath and jack like 10 Jackmans in a, in tubes? Are we gonna get 10 Wolverines in tubes? I would I mean probably like but like that that's the fun. thing. Like given that it's a Deadpool movie, I don't think that they're that inclined to be like, let's have a thing where there's all of these awesome badass Wolverines fighting each other. I think yeah, they're yeah. like Ryan Reynolds is way more likely to take the piss out of Hugh Jackman being like, Oh, you think you're a badass? What about this guy? And he's like, come alive. Come and you're like, okay. Yeah, look, he's he's taking the piss out of himself. And uh, was it the end of Deadpool 2 where he shoots himself through the back of the head for reading the Green Lantern script? So he's not shy at taking himself yeah. out, you know, but uh, it would be funny to see what he can do. Uh, but, I mean, Jackman talking about chick- uh, st- uh, what, steamed broccoli and chicken. Oof, man, that's that's it's great once. But for every meal, oh man, I just I, I could I, do it. 
You give me if someone's making me food and they just give me like chicken breasts and veggies for like three meals a day, I'm in. I'm no in. alcohol. No alcohol. No alcohol. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh and it's listen, he's in his fifties, man. It ain't it ain't easier in your fifties for fuck's sake. Yeah, I don't know if Hugh Jackman's getting to have a little aviation gin at night. <laughs> I think he's only having <laughs> steam broccoli and chicken. Ryan's like stopping by the house. Oh, <laughs> um, anything more on this, Shannon? Any other nope. thoughts you have on this? Well, Deadpool 3 comes out November 2024. Damn, man, we're getting closer. Um, all right, well, let's take a break and we'll jump into our main topic. Uh, Mr. McClung going to lead us into the land of trailers right after this. And get yourself a snack. Because it's trailers, 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 trailers. Wow. It's an oops, all trailers main topic Ooh. here on the Geek Buddies. Stretch it out. My, my lead-in song was a little misleading because not everything's actually going to be in the theater, but we'll get to that <laughs> when we get to that. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy that dropped earlier this week. This one is actually going to Disney+. Plus. This is coming from David Lowry, who directed The Green Knight. Uh, has Jude Law as Captain Hook, Jim Gaffigan as Smee, and a host of young actors playing Peter, Wendy, John, Michael, and all the Lost Boys. What an unexpected trailer this was. I feel like this is the first time that we've seen Neverland as an actual place and not a goosed up uh, soundstage. Like this is an actual place. There are some actual threats in this Neverland. This actually looks like a really exciting Peter Pan. Like this, again, I cannot overstate how, how surprised I was at this trailer. Like now granted David Lowry, this is a different type of director. I mean, if you've seen the green Knight, I know John loved love the green Knight. I love the green Knight. Not so much my movie, but <laughs> <laughs> But (laughs) super, super interesting visually. But gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. What did you think of our first look at Peter Pan and Wendy? Mikey? I mean, I I would say, and I mean, this is going to apply to the Haunted Mansion trailer we're going to talk about in a minute, too. This at this point, at this point. Yeah, sorry. Spoiler. uh, (laughs) I think the rule with these Disney adaptations and again, the proof is when we actually watch it. But as far as the trailers go, my excitement level goes much higher when it is not trying to be exactly like what Disney already did. So you look at Pinocchio, you look at Lion King, you look at these things like any, when it's, when it's too close, like let's try and just give you what you already had, but let's make it live action. Not interested, but this is its own thing. The green Knight piece of it. I'm probably between you two. Um, I wouldn't say I love the green Knight, but I found the green Knight absolutely fascinating and got out of that movie and wanted to read every single article breaking down what every single piece of it meant. Um, and I think it's a really interesting movie. And so having that kind of vision brought to a Peter Pan and Wendy story is really interesting. This trailer intrigued me. Now, is it going to deliver? Like, you know, somebody on Twitter was saying like for all the movie, for all the adaptations we've had of J.M. Barry's classic, None of them have ever quite captured every piece of it. Mm-hmm. Some some do this better, some do that better. Um, so I'm in. Bo- I'm on board. I love Peter Pan in general. I think Peter Pan and Tinkerbell and Neverland is one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite uh, pieces of classic literature. So I'm intrigued. 
I'm glad that it doesn't feel exactly like the Disney animated movie, even though I love the Disney animated movie. Um, and I want to see more. But I, I'm, I'm kind of with Shannon that it was a surprising take. It's not what I was expecting. And that what that's what made me excited. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. Like, I, you know, I am not the audience for a Peter Pan and Wendy movie. Um, but because I'm always like, how many more of these are we going to fucking get? Like, we got them. I had Christopher Walken as Hook. I've had so many different versions of this oh. Peter Pan. Oh. <laughs> I'm just we saying. We going. <laughs> we did have Christopher Walken as this is my hook. Where is my crocodile? That yeah, <laughs> it's me. Um, but you know, but um, Jude Law was unrecognizable in the trailer, yeah. which I thought was great. Um, I really enjoyed the action in this. I liked the look, the vibe, the feeling. That faraway shot of Peter Pan in slow motion. I mean, they understand what the public is enjoying visually right now in their action movies. And you can tell Lowry's like, okay, let's let's play around. You know, Green Knight was a much more smaller story. There were some action moments, but it was much more about an, um, a character story of him figuring this all out and where it all leads to and what it all means. This is a much more broader approach, but it's interesting. It's exciting. It's through Wendy's point of view. So that's a new thing. It's a diverse cast, which was nice to see as well. But the whole approach to it feels um, reborn. And I like that. And we're seeing all the characters that we know from the Peter Pan story, but they seem to be occupying different roles or different energies in the Peter Pan story because he's telling a different version of it, but still staying true to the overall foundation of it. So I like that. And visually it got me. So I'm on board, actually. I was I had no interest in this, even though I like David Lowry as a director. But when I saw the trail, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll go see this thing. Let's see if I have yeah. some fun with it. So, you don't even have to go that. see it. You can just sit on your couch. All right, yes. Well, I'll probably get a screening of it, but yes. I <laughs> because it is going to be streaming exclusively on Disney Plus starting uh, April 28th. Which, yeah. keeping in the realm of Disney, we got our uh, first teaser trailer for The Haunted Mansion yesterday. Now, this is the second at-bat for this property. You know, we had the Eddie Murphy version. Uh, folks were not necessarily high on that one. That did come in the wake of the success of Pirates of the Caribbean. But this okay. version is directed by Justin Simeon, who directed uh, some of the episodes in Dear White People on Netflix. Um, also from writer Katie Dippold, who is from Parks and Rec and The Heat. So you have a very kind of stacked comedic uh, uh, creative team. And then the cast is pretty dynamite. You've got Rosario Dawson. You've got Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, Jared Leto as the uh, Hatbox Ghost, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who, you know, when you when you think of the movies that Lakeith Stanfield has been in, he's never really done a movie like this, I don't think. Um, this teaser was just kind of a blast. I mean, I love a Haunted House movie, and I loved how much they injected the ride into it. Yeah. I mean, if you've never been on the Haunted Mansion, I mean, this trailer, there are there are scenes taken right out of it. And as a kid who, you know, grew up in, at, at Disney, I mean, I just had a gigantic smile on my face the whole time. But gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. What did you think of our first look at the new version of Haunted Mansion? Johnny? Yeah. I wanted to, I, it's ironic because I didn't look forward to Peter Pan and Wendy and I enjoyed that. I was looking forward to this with Lakeith Stanfield, with Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, um, Tiffany Haddish. I was ready. It gave me something really funny. And then it came off and I'm like, eh, okay, let's see 
what's the Lakeith storyline? What is he working out? Is he a failed musician, uh, failed, uh, whatever you call those mentalist or whatever failed uh, a cult person? I don't know, but okay, so I have the journey there. What am I going on? What am I in? But then the Owen Wilson tag at the end, he'll they'll be even more deader. I just was like, no, if this is the jokes, leave me the fuck out of this one. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. That's that's my 100% truth. I wanted to like it, but in the end, I didn't really get caught up in it. So, Mikey? I'm, I'm on Team McClung on this one. Oh. I I was, well, and it was just so unexpected. Like, I knew that they were making a Haunted Mansion movie, and I knew very little about it. And I actually, although I think I had read, like, who had been cast in it, I had forgotten who had even been cast in the movie. So, I oh, like, yeah. this trailer to me was like, I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> what? Oh, uh, and you know, like Shannon, grew up in Orlando, live in LA. I've ridden both haunted mansions uh, in both parks several times. Uh, it's always been one of my favorite rides, and I just think it really kind of captured a spirit that the Eddie Murphy movie certainly oh, did God. not. Yeah, um, look it, again. It's kind of like in Peter and Wendy. Like we all, we all, we all talk about these trailers. We get super excited. Uh, there are a lot of people that are really good at cutting trailers in Hollywood, <laughs> yes, and it doesn't necessarily mean one thing or another for how good the movie is going to be. Yeah. But I think both Peter and Wendy and Haunted Mansion did the right thing for what these trailers need to do, which is both of them have a little. I mean, Peter Pan is easier. You know, you give you, you show some kids flying. Give me Tinkerbell. Peter Pan's doing his thing. Have Captain Hook. Like, OK, you've got the right pieces did you put them in the right order haunted mansion's a little bit tougher because there's not a lot of character to it but for what they did show knowing that jared leto's the hat box ghost like just the silliness of this movie um if you are a super disney nerd one of the things that's interesting about the haunted mansion is that when they were designing it they couldn't agree if it was supposed to be scary or funny so there was two different uh, uh, designers, Milt Call, who was also one of the nine old men, was one of them, and they were both designing the ride at the same time. And so when you ride the ride, when you ride it, the first half of the ride is a little bit creepier. Mm-hmm. And about the time you pass Madame Leota and go into the big ballroom where you have all the ghosts and everyone starts singing Grim Grinning Ghosts, it gets a little sillier. And so this movie trailer seemed like it had that balance of it's a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. It looks a little scary, but it also looks real, real funny. And so I think if they can like match that, if that is the tone of the movie, uh, they might have another hit on their hands. We'll see. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. That, well, that's Haunted better than the Eddie Murphy movie, though. That's for sure. Well, you can't be hey. worse than the Eddie Murphy movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Haunted Mansion is coming out this summer, July 28th. Mm-hmm. And to a project that I know. Johnny is excited about. We got the trailer for Agent Elvis on Netflix from Sony Pictures Animation. We got Matthew McConaughey as the king himself. He's got a supporting cast of Don Cheadle, uh, Niecy Nash, Christina Hendricks, um, an incredible guest cast as like Kieran Culkin, Fred Armisen, Gary Cole, Christina Hendricks. Um, This looks so delightfully ridiculous this is to me this is right out of the the school of archer it's like all right yeah, let's yeah. Do archer but make him elvis <laughs> looks so so funny coming out very very soon johnny let's go to you first what did okay. you think of that trailer for oh. agent elvis i was kidding i tweeted both of you guys or texted both of you about it. i i loved it and i i wasn't like into the what was the monkey one on hulu i didn't i didn't i tried that Hit monkey 
Yeah, Hitmonkey. I love Hitmonkey. I was a little out there. I was like, I can't go out there. I haven't done enough drugs to go out there with you guys, but I'm gonna stay here. But <laughs> Agent Elvis, that I've is been at a couple. I've been at a couple of bachelor parties with you. You've done okay. <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> We all make mistakes. Uh, anyway, I'm here for the Elvisance. Whatever's happening right now with Elvis, I am here for it. The movie, Austin Butler being nominated, racking up awards. Now a lot of people think he might be odds on favorite at the Oscars. Wouldn't that shock the world? But the movie is getting reappreciated. It's like, I think, number one streaming movie all year. So, including, I mean, 2022. Pretty incredible to see that reaction to Elvis. So, still a guy who is resonating all these years later. And here we come with an animated series where he is like solving some uh, uh, um, cases here with this monkey and they're they're leaning into everything. And it's a Vegas thing. So they're leaning into all the madness of Vegas as well. And I, and you get Matthew McConaughey to headline your animated series. So so in the end, I love the animation. It, it's got that Johnny Bravo feel to it uh, combined with the Archer point of view. I agree with you, uh, 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 Shannon, on that. So I am 100% in. I am absolutely going to watch this thing and have a little fun with it. Why not? Half an hour every week when it drops or whenever it drops, just kind of tearing through the episodes. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it works. You know, Mikey? Mikey. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, it's a blast. It's. It gave me. I mean, definitely Archer vibes, like the really stylized, sort of angular design style and aesthetic yeah. of the show. Definitely kind of evokes. But I mean, you guys both had it. It has the Archer style. Has that classic Cartoon Network Johnny Bravo kind of style. So like, there's. I really think just graphically, it's really cool. It looks really stylized. Um, I definitely also was getting, and I mean this is the biggest compliment. And Johnny, I think we saw it together. Yeah. Give me Bubba Hotep vibes. Yes. Like Bubba Hotep, if you haven't seen oh it, um, Bubba Hotep back in the day, another really great take on Elvis. Uh, not exactly like this, but the whole idea of Elvis kind of doing stuff that we never knew about. Um, I think the thing that I appreciated the most about this trailer, and maybe it's because Austin Butler just can't seem to kick that accent, uh, is that <laughs> Matthew McConaughey came in and is not doing an Elvis impersonation. No. He's just McConaughey-ing his way through this, but it somehow works. <laughs> like, I was watching the trailer. I was like, well, that's not Elvis. That's <laughs> McConaughey. But also, that's Elvis? Right. <laughs> all right. I'm on board. Like, I like it. it. It looked just so fun and so stupid in all the right ways. And, uh, yeah, if they, if, they, if, that, if they can maintain that humor, um, I'm definitely on board. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, and for and those of you who haven't seen Bubba Hotep, it is in 4K now. You can see a very small independent film up rents to 4K. So, that yeah. that movie is so dumb, oh, and yes. I love it so much. Yes. Well, Agent Elvis, we're going to get to check out very, very soon because it's dropping on Netflix March 17th, which brings us to our fourth trailer. There we go. <laughs> Something that I sent the fellas yesterday for a documentary called A Disturbance in the Force. <laughs> if you've ever seen bits and pieces, if you've seen a bootleg copy of the Star Wars holiday special from 1978, you're probably wondering... How in God's name did this happen? <laughs> well, it seems like in Disturbance of the Force, we're going to get to find out how and why it actually happened. And we have the assistance of an incredible group of folks uh, from the world of comedy. Seth Green, Weird Al Yankovic, Taryn Killam, Gilbert Gottfried, Paul Shear, offering their take on the Star Wars holiday special. And this one comes out very, very soon. This one is out next week. So my guess is it will probably be on streaming. Yeah, uh, but gentlemen... Did you feel a disturbance in the force? 
Mikey? Uh, I'm stoked. I mean, I have seen the Star Wars Holiday Special in all of its glory. Um, and I think like the Star Wars Holiday Special is so interesting because it's something that for a long time, and this, you know, even watching the trailer, you hear Mark Hamill talk about this. You hear them talk like, like nobody wanted to talk about it. Like they did it. They all realized they shouldn't have done it, particularly because it kind of takes place. Star Wars came out and was huge. This happened. But then Empire Strikes Back came out and you were like, oh, no, no, this is actually we're this is good. We, we shouldn't have done that thing that we had done. Um, and so it's it's for a long time. Like, that's why you can't find it. Like, they don't celebrate it. But now we've reached a point where we know it's bad, but we kind of still love it. Yeah. And at Christmas, when you go to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, you can buy Life Day orbs and Wookiees in their red Life Day robes. Um, like, there's there's a level of we celebrate this thing in all of its badness now. Yeah. Um. And we've and we've embraced it. I bought uh for our friend Blue. I bought him for Christmas. Uh, Disney released this sort of uh holiday tales in a galaxy far, far away. It was a series of short stories. Some placed in the High Republic. Some placed during the new trilogy. Some placed during the original trilogy. But one of the stories is Chewbacca and the Wookiees celebrating Life Day with their orbs. <laughs> and I just like re- I love how it's sort of something that no one really tries to admit that it's good but we've all embraced it so i think like the time is ripe to sort of have this documentary that goes all right let's really talk about how bad this thing really was like i can't wait i'm excited yeah i'm excited too it's legendary um and it's a part of fandom i think a part of star wars fandom like a um what can you call it like initiation or a ritual whatever you want to say is what are your thoughts on the holiday special and it's for a certain era a certain group of people who got a chance to see this thing or have heard about it in legend and watched it but yeah i mean this this is what you do when kids there was a time when george lucas didn't know if this thing was going to be this massive billion dollar franchise that it was going to be so he's like you know what it's the 70s we're all doing drugs and having sex with each other uh sure let's do a thing with b arthur and have some fun why not let's do it it's a it's a you know and harvey corman (laughs) yes as well it's sci-fi fantasy let's just have some fun with it and you know, of course, it, just like any drunken night when you've done some stuff, you're like, ah, you know what? Let's not put that on tape. Let's not keep talking about it. Or, you know, you've been to a few bachelor parties and you wish your friends would stop fucking bringing it up. You know, it's those kinds of things where you, you've moved on from it. You've grown from it. You're a different person. Uh, so it's it's those kinds of things. And I think that's what the uh, holiday special um, represents. And so it's a I great mean- thing that it's come all the way back around where people now are appreciating it for its nuttiness, its craziness. And it's also a window into the 70s in terms of variety shows, which we really don't have anymore. Yeah. The idea that you could turn this stuff. I mean, the fact that they got Donny Hotsman to do uh, an interview for this thing is great. The late, great Gilbert Gottfried in there as well. I thought it was really, really fun to see that. But the way this has become legend, yeah. and, I, and I don't, there's no way this happens if George Lucas is still in charge of the franchise, there's no way you do a documentary. There's no way people come out and talk about it because they love their connection to Star Wars so much. So I like that we've kind of loosened the fear about this uh, holiday special now that we can make a documentary about it. It even leads with saying they made a mistake, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> what the point of view is, of this is going to be. But the way everyone is talking about it in the trailer is with a, a kind of reverence, which yeah. know, I think. 
I think it's part of being a fan is finding those things. They go back in the eighties. It was those bootleg tapes. Did you find the bootleg tape of Dylan? Yeah. You find the bootleg tape of Bruce Springsteen. Did you get the, you know, those things that are passed around. So the fact that it was like in, in a brown paper bag and a VHS cover that some guy made in his basement, you could get a copy of the holiday special. It's a rite of passage. And I like that this documentary is going to take the piss out of it, but also respect and admire it, which I think is great. I think you're, I mean, I think that's kind of what does make it special. It's a part of geekdom that doesn't exist as much anymore because mm. now we all live in this era where we want all of the, the, whatever the thing is that we love or the things are that we love, yeah, we yeah. want it to be great all the time. Um, but growing up as a geek, we didn't have the multi-billion dollar franchises. So sometimes you had to like something and it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and you loved it anyway. Yeah. And so I think like this harkens back to that. And I think that's, that, that's that. I think that's why there's this sort of this warm feeling about it now. Cause we all spent so much time yeah. fighting about phase five versus phase four versus phase three or the new trilogy versus the prequel trilogy or last Jedi versus force. Like we just, we like, we are, we all spend so much time uh, doing that, that we don't just take a step back and be like, Hey, but also we all love this thing. Yeah. Kind of like having right. a friend at a bachelor party. You love them no matter what. You know what? Anyway, um, you know, way back in the day when Roger Corman made Fantastic Four, like that was the thing you looked for. So anyways, a disturbance in the force is actually premiering at South by Southwest uh, next weekend. Oh, nice. Uh, So hopefully we'll have an official release date. My my guess is it'll probably go straight to streaming um, after that. And that brings us to our last trailer, a trailer about friendship, a trailer about people that might 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 poke fun but they truly love each other and it's the last trailer for ted lasso season three so is this going to be the last season is it not originally what they said season three was going to be the last one now it sounds like they might be walking it back but this trailer just kind of had if you're a fan of the show this trailer just kind of had everything you wanted to see you know you you know we've got we've got a great rolling stone song playing you see nate the great sitting um at his table by the window of the greek restaurant where he had to he he wasn't able to get the table by the window until he you know found his uh, uh, uh villainous alter ego we get to see ted we get to see coach beard we get to see rebecca we get to see roy kent we get to see all of our favorite players from richmond like Jamie and Sam and Johnny Rojas. I mean, the trailer just has me so excited for the return of this show. But gentlemen, what did you think of our, I'm guessing, last look uh, before the premiere of Ted Lasso season three? Oh, no. No? I, I, I. Oh, boy. Wow. I liked the trailer, but the all these trailers have given us nothing like absolutely nothing of the story they're just like oh we're all walking out of a door we're you know nate's sitting at his window we're seeing rebecca eating her thing or uh you know uh yeah, with the character and and we're seeing all these things but ah what's the juice what's going on here and we do see nate looking at ted in that picture and what's been released but i want to see scenes show me some real scenes What's the conflict? What's the situation with these characters? And that <laughs> concerns me. That concerns me. I mean, we've heard what's going on. We haven't seen what's going on in these trailers enough for me to be excited about this season. Look, I liked season two. I didn't love season two. I loved season one. 
And I'm just curious to see if um, what we're going to get from season three, because everyone's been riding high off this show. uh, But is season three going to deliver a punch or are we all just going to convince ourselves because we love the character so much that it's a good show still and what have you. So I don't know. We'll see. What do you what do you guys think of the trip? Oh, Shannon, why don't you respond? You're making a lot of faces. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Shannon. Well, saying like you don't know what the conflict is. The conflict, the conflict was set up at the end of last season. Right, so it was set up. But what, what are we going to see? What are the scenes? What's the fucking hills that's and the con- You don't, conflict? you don't see scenes in a trailer. Yes, you do. <laughs> you, you what see, are you, you don't see scenes. You see snippets. You see snippets. Those are scenes. You see little snippets. Oh my god. Point, right. point a scene to me in a trailer from beginning to end. I've got a bridge that I want to sell. No, no, not a, <laughs> not a. Big, I didn't say give me the what whole you scene. said. See, you said there's you no said, snippets show of me scenes. scenes. Fine. There's not even scenes. snippets of scenes. What is the Shane? conflict? There's not even snippets of scenes. Shit. <laughs> it's just I, I, I dialogue. Give me dialogue. Give me what's going on. What's what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Jamie. I got Roy Jamie Kent looking. says good job to somebody. I got that's Jamie growth going. for that character. I just got Jamie, and that's all. That's what I come on. Anyway, this is I, I really I want to watch. I want to watch. I like this trailer for this <laughs> this movie that's happening right now. <laughs> just grousing because i like the show so much i want season three to be better than season two and get us back on track to the where it was in season one i thought they went a little out there in season two and it didn't quite 100 percent work and they just kind of defaulted to hey everybody loves us so we're going to get away with this narratively in certain storylines and i thought it was a cop out at times i thought the nate thing was way too rushed didn't make sense and so okay fine you got that great let's go into season three but give me more. What is Nate doing? He's not even coaching his team in any of these scenes. So it's just, or any snippets. We're not even seeing that. So I just would have liked to have seen more of these characters interacting in multiple snippets throughout the trailer and giving us the storylines that we're going to be following because that's what a trailer is supposed to do. So that's why I'm I oh ooh. I don't think he needed to use quote fingers with snippets. <laughs> I. I'm between you both because I I actually I disagree with John that I actually love season two. I think season two is great. And I think what I liked about this trailer, what I liked about this trailer was watching all the characters and realizing that they've done they did such a nice job in season two of expanding it to be a show that's about a lot more than just Ted. That they really kind of breathed a lot of life into these, like particularly in season one, the players were there and they were fun. But aside from Roy Kent and Jamie, I don't think they had a ton of personality. I think season two, they really went out of their way to make the players fully fledged characters in their own right. And so I think like watching all of these characters in the um, snippets that were shown um, got me excited. Like, I think I'm like, I'm on board, but I was already on board. Like, I'm excited because I really, I love, I love season one. I really love season two. I'm ready for season three. Now, I think where Johnny is right is that we've already seen some teasers for Ted Lasso season three. Like, this is the last trailer. And typically, although they don't show full scenes, uh, when you get to that final trailer, you do get a lot more of the story. So, for example, if the season is going to be, Nate coaching and like this big conflict and building to this big confrontation, this would be the trailer where you would normally show more of that. And I feel like they didn't, I feel like they also kind of know they don't have to like Ted Lasso is 
the best thing that Apple Plus has going for them as far as like the show that everybody obsesses and talks about. And they have and they're and they're doing a really nice job with a lot of their other shows as well. But Ted Lasso is the big one. So they know that they don't have to. So maybe they're just keeping everything in reserve. I was still excited by this trailer. I'm on board. But Johnny's not entirely wrong that they're not giving us as much of the story as trailers normally would at this point. I just rewatched the entire trailer was Mike, while Michael was was talking. <laughs> and the only time they talk is right at the end with, I love you guys all so very much. And then at the end with the Roy Kent and the, you know, the, the, the funny uh, faint moment. And, and I was like, oh, see, there, there is no dialogue at all in the trailer until the literally the last 10 seconds. And that, to me, it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I think they're relying on people's love of the characters and like, well, we're not going to say anything. We're not, so we'll see if the storylines work, you know, and I, I, it makes me think that maybe they're not so confident about how they've constructed these storylines or it's the other side where they don't want to give away anything and they want you to experience it fully for the first time. Cause a lot of people complain you give away too much in trailers. So maybe that's the, the, the um, approach, but you're asking me what I thought of the trailer and I'm giving you my honest opinion analysis of what I felt about the trailer. Well, now I'm angry. So <laughs> <laughs> if, if we review season three, the way we have uh, seasons one and season two, Johnny, this could be, this could be a dark forecast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like it. I want to like it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know, and, well, I, just, I, just don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about the show because it cops out on stuff that I know, which is football. I know football. And so some of the decisions they make football wise drive me insane because it's not what would happen. And so I have right. to, oh. I have to negotiate, navigate for myself. Like, okay, what's acceptable? What's real? What is it like? Creed three is the same way. There are decisions made that I'm like, there's no fucking way that would happen in boxing. There's just no way, but it's a movie. And so, you can default to that, but you've got to make it at least somewhat based in realistic stuff. And um, I feel like they copped out on that in season two. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens in Creed three this weekend by myself because my friends, oh, my buddies saw it without me. So I, sure. I, I, I would love to weigh in on this point, but I can't because I don't know. <laughs> it was really it was just a great just a great day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> haven't had haven't had a satisfying day at the movies like that since 2013 with Thor the Dark World. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Boy, it's been a hell of a geek buddies today. That's for sure. Um, a lot of well, past. Ted Lasso uh, season three starts March 15th on Apple TV Plus. I'm gonna check to see if I've got the screeners. If I do, I'm gonna spend the weekend watching them because I, I I want to I want to fall back in love with the show. I want to fall back in love with the show. Uh, anything else, uh, Shannon? What, do we have a Schwarzenegger thing? Do you want to talk about that at all or no? Okay. I mean, if you guys... Yeah, so Schwarzenegger, it was announced a little while ago that Schwarzenegger was going to be doing his first series for Netflix, and we get the briefest of glimpses. Uh, it's a show called FUBAR, going to be on Netflix. Just classic Schwarzenegger. He he lights a stogie. He, 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 you know, we see a shot of him on a motorcycle. A quick but very, very steady shot, which means, you know, he was on a trailer. And <laughs> And at the end, we see uh, Fortune Feimster give him a nut tap. <laughs> so <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Schwarzenegger fan, a fan of uh, steady trailer shots, or a fan of nut taps, yeah. maybe FUBAR is going to be for you. <laughs> Gentlemen, what did you think of that, our, that quick quick well, look? 
I will, the only thing I will say, I mean, I'm, it was a quick look. I'll watch it. I'm excited. Arnie is Arnie. The only thing that I will say since I've been giving it to John all week is that when Shannon gets wasted at uh, weddings, he also gives nut taps. And so when I saw the Schwarzenegger nut tap, I was like, well, I'm sure that Shannon enjoyed this trailer because his drunk ass has done that to most of us at weddings well i mean i think you shouldn't speak about physical violence when you get drunk slapping people in the face isn't the smartest way to go about things either is it when you get too drunk mr vogel first of all <laughs> there was no drinking involved second of all you deserve that <laughs> wasn't me i'm talking about i've heard about your wayward hand uh, it, at times past but anyway no, that's true that's what, true. <laughs> what about succession you guys are big fans of the show right so did you guys like that final trailer as we wrap up here? I know we had a wrap up. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yes. I, I, should I catch up? Ah, fuck. Yes. <laughs> We've been saying this for years. I, I mean, the, okay. the, the, the love you have of the bard and Shakespearean storytelling, yes. you will love this show, John. Right. I mean, there are, are any of them likable? Eh, not really. <laughs> maybe cousin greg but the show is just so well done i mean it's sort of like how uh deadwood was uh shakespeare with profanity i mean this this lives in that same world and the characters are just so uh so entertaining and so captivating and the performances are just incredible um it, it is a show that that i do think you would you would jump on board and you would zip through it. But yeah. yes, this this trailer, and now they have confirmed that this is the last season, yeah. um, which I think is a good idea because there, with, with a show like this, there is the possibility of feeling a little bit repetitive yeah. with, the, yeah. with, with the plot lines. Yeah. So yes, I think this last trailer for Succession looks really, really good, and I cannot wait for it to come back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I you love Brian Cox. I do. You've interviewed Brian Cox. I have interviewed Brian Cox. Um, and... This is probably the greatest role he's played. Okay. I mean, he owns this role and what he does is so amazing. And Shannon Wait, is right. I mean, are you saying a lot he's of people than Troy? Are you saying he's better? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean... I don't know if he's he's not as gifable as Troy. <laughs> um Succession is not a show to Shannon's point. You're not going because you're rooting for anybody. It's not like mm. later. We were just talking about Ted Lasso. Like I watched that trailer for Ted Lasso. And even though I agree, there's not a lot of story. I love these characters so yeah. much. I, I want to spend as much time with them as I can. I don't want to spend any time with the characters on <laughs> succession, but watching the machinations that go on in this family and the way that everyone is so desperate uh, and like just the way that they the way that Brian Cox m is manipulating everything like yep. for the entirety of what they've done, it's been so fascinating. And I agree with Shannon. Like, I love a show that goes out because they know where their ending is. Mm. Yeah, like, I'd much rather have a yeah. complete story than a story that goes on forever and meanders. And so I'm thrilled that we are getting sort of a this is the end of this tale because it is just this already epic t tale about this family yeah. and just given everything that you like uh you're gonna love this show that's a good point good point okay all right fine and when's this coming to shannon uh, i believe it is march yeah march 20 uh march 26 is the okay. season four premiere and it'll probably it'll probably be nine or ten episodes three, the way it has been in the past weeks. 
All right, three weeks to catch up. Oh, I think oh, I you'll bur- you'll burn through it. Yeah, you'll burn through it. True. That's the problem with being a YouTube content creator or doing the channel. Like, I, if I'm going to spend time watching something, I was like, well, I have to review it. And it's like, well, no, you can't review because already it's already time's passed. So, do I spend the to spend the time? It's always the struggle with the time that I do have, you know. So, but we'll see. I, I'm sure. So, if we tell you that you have to catch up on all three seasons, so that the week before Succession season four comes out, we do a what do you need to know about Succession before you start this episode of the geek buddies then you'll watch all of it now i'm in now i know there's a goal there's an end point i like this idea okay that's why they that's why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> um all right let's wrap it up there uh, thank you all so much for joining us uh, here for this uh, somewhat extra long uh, geek buddies episode to launch you into your weekend thank you so much for watching or listening to us uh shannon what do we have to tell them yeah, if you liked all the dirty laundry we were airing out and would like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, it's Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, watch out for that hand. It's at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roka, watch out for that bachelor party. It's at the Roka Says. Oh, that's true. I never physically assaulted anybody. I'm just like, I just... <laughs> Pass out, then wake up randomly. Pass out, wake up randomly. Anyway, uh, Mikey, what do we? What do we? What else do we got? Well, believe it or not, what you got today was just snippets of these stories. And uh, if you want to hear the full tale of what really has gone on in the past with your oh. favorite buddies, oh. keep tuning in. And here is what you can do to help us keep telling stories that we probably shouldn't be telling. Yeah, you can smash that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page and check out all the amazing content he's got there. Leave your comments below. Ask Shannon about his nut taps. Ask John about the bachelor party. See what they say. Let us know what you thought about everything this week. If you are listening on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some stars and some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. <laughs> this has been brought to you by Jonathan Gebeck. Uh, and also, <laughs> you can uh, uh, head on over to CarbonHealth.com. Uh, they continue to power and sponsor us into uh, through March, through March here of 2023. Uh, we want to thank them uh, so much for being sponsors for us for well over a year. But head on over there. Uh, to have any of your healthcare questions, concerns, or needs addressed, either virtually or in person, or uh, download the app to have a doc in your pocket. Uh, don't forget our Picard review is coming uh, as well. Picard's uh, episode three that we out with me and Michael very soon. So look for that coming out, the spoiler review. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.